Welcome to the Draft Doctors Podcast, your home of weekly draft content. Now here's Steve, Jono, Cam, and the Statesman. G'day everyone and welcome back to the Draft Doctors. I'm your host Stevie Fears and today we're doing our annual face-off show. That's right, where we debate a couple of players that you have pretty tight in the rank. Maybe it's a uh, sneaky salary cap question that you're trying to sort out. Certainly had a few of those come through. Don't worry, I'm on to you cheeky fuckers. Anyway, joining us as always, Jono. It's starting to heat up today, the Rumble. The Royal Rumble is on today. Been a great weekend. We had the uh, Gab's Hottest 100 and my, my brewery, Mountain Culture, number one. Number one. So I did celebrate last night with a few cult IPAs, which we can think about 15 to 20 in the rankings. So very happy with, with Mountain Culture. And hopefully they get on board with the pod. Love, would love the support. Well, I think that's the only reason. The, the pod really took them to number one. Absolutely. It was our campaign that just rocketed to number one. The only problem is they might not take their forward ranks to number one. <laughs> God, no, just put them in the bin. And uh, Stato, the uh, the doyen of the argument, loves it. Loves a bit of um, debate. I love debating. It's uh, great fun. Um, been doing it for years. Um, now, I will say, this is the pod that has one of those iconic moments. Um, this is the Toby Green's A Fucking Gun episode. Yeah, a lot of highlights. <laughs> That's <laughs> from this show over the years. It's um, because you have to come in with fire. Yeah, yeah. I've um, mind you, the players you've allocated me, I've, I've really got sensible arguments for them. So um, there won't be too much screaming today. There'll be just good data. Yeah, it's kind of hard. We um, we try to to use the the listener suggestions, but often on these ones, we're kind of on the same side, so you have to go to bat against yourself. Uh, I try mm. to sort it as much as well, you can. I, I like but... batting against myself as well, just as much as I like debating. <laughs> well, it's funny, because, well, you are a champion of, of women's sports, probably more so than anyone I know, um, and you love Taswija. Just if anyone, and, and they're doing some big things with women's fishing down there in Tasmania. If you Google woman Hobart trout, oh no, it's some inspiring stuff. No, no, thanks. Move on. Next. That's not something you have to moan a museum, is it? <laughs> oh, God. Um, just for all the listeners out there, the draft kit should be out today. Uh, we'll be re- we're recording on Sunday, but it does come out on Wednesday, so the draft kit should be out when you're listening to this. Uh, the Listener League, uh, it's pretty well done. Pretty well, pretty well going to have to call that off. Didn't, yeah, didn't, uh, yeah. Two Jeds. Didn't get much interest in that. Didn't get much interest. What's, right, what's, what's, what's wrong with you, Adelaide? Come on. We pump you up. We talk nothing but nice things about you. Always. And this is what we get. Yeah. Like the new listeners. Look after them well. Yeah. Um. And, and can we just have a call out? He's, he's not here today, and, and probably the pod's better for it. But I, I will say Cam has done a, a mountain of work uh, with the draft kit. So um, behind the scenes, he's the one that creates... Yes, the contact comes from, from us three... You know the the actual information that actually we sh- like to share with the public, but um, Cam does a power of work on this, um, and he needs a pat on the back. Well done, Cam. He does. Yeah, absolutely. He does. We'll he does do some content as well. That's a little bit harsh, but we'll take the knife out and then pat him, and then step yeah. Back in. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're going to kick it off with you two lads. 
with uh, Chad Warner and Caleb Sarong. This came up a few times, so people are debating the new Chad and, and Caleb Sarong. Jono, why don't you tell us about uh, Chad Warner? Well, I'm actually surprised that you actually allocated me the new Chad, Steve. You know, he's blonde, athletic, blue eyes. This is right in Stato's wheelbag, so... Um, <laughs> I'm all for it. Chad Warner, when you look at it, average 97 super coach, 89 AFL fantasy, you know, pretty close to what Sarong did. But the thing is, Chad Warner got it done with less CBAs and less possessions. Now, third year, um, he's going to be going into that midfield behind Luke Parker and Callum Mills. Oh, I'm sorry, so, sorry. Oh, am I boring you already, am I? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, Warner had 63% CBAs, whereas Sarong had 66% CBAs. Um, Fremantle have added Jaeger O'Meara, Jaeger O'Meara. So does that affect Sarong? Of course it does. But Sydney haven't added any gun midfielders. It's just more of this young talent that they, they're encouraging and developing. Something you should know about Stato, developing talent. Um, that's what Chad Warner does. And Chad... <laughs> <laughs> and Caleb Sarong, he's... He's had the opportunity. Like, he's been in there, you know, and give, been given the opportunity, but hasn't really just taken it to the next step. Like, other guys around him um, in Brayshaw have been given that role and taken it. Um, I think I read somewhere that Sarong is Robin to Brayshaw's Batman, and that sounds just about right to me, whereas I think Warner, maybe in a couple of years' time, it's going to be he will be the Batman to Callum Mills being the Robin. So, uh, look, Warner... He even got tagged in his third year. Like, I don't see Sarong getting tagged anytime soon. He's in a quality midfield with Mills Parker, Rowbottom, Tom Papley, Tom Papley. Um, so he's just—he's just—he's just going to shit all over to Caleb Sarong. I, I'm all for Chad Warner this year. Jono, you ignorant slut. Um, <laughs> and uh, unless you're Dan Aykroyd, you're stealing my material. Um, Caleb Sarong, fourth season for Sarong, and we'll continue to see improvement. Um, his averages over his first three seasons are 67, 82, and 88. Pretty steady progress there, but a damn good ceiling. So he's pumped out 143, 126, 122, and seven other scores above 110. His issue has been the time on ground, and this meant he has had a floor. But the time on ground continues to increase each season. It's gone from 70, 74 and 76 last year. So that's the breakdown of his three seasons. To be fair, and I won't be too critical um, other than calling him a slut, um, Jono is sort of right. These players are pretty similar. Um, Really the only difference, and Jono picked this up and hence I win the argument, is only one of these would be tagged. So it'll be Chad Warner that is the tag target. Uh, Sarong's ceiling is higher. Warner's floor will be lower due to the tags. I think on balance, both of these players are very similar. But just for that simple fact, Sarong will pip him, I think only by a couple of points. Um, But that's the reality. Sarong wins. Stato wins. You slut. Yeah, I can't imagine being... Like what Jono said that being tagged was a good thing. Yeah, like, it was what? a good point. <laughs> but he broke that tag. That's the thing. He broke yeah, the tag. Yeah, yeah, he broke the tag. Yeah, he's got a flaw, buddy. Mm. Any rebuttals, Jono, before we move on? 
Come on, throw me back a Dan Aykroyd line, mate. Dan Aykroyd. Oh, it's... What is it? 175 miles to Chicago, half a tank. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will say that reference is to Jan Hooks, and it would have been done in the 70s. Never mind. Very good. All right, well, we'll move on to... Uh, we'll, we'll do a bit of Rosie and Cogs. There's a bit of debate around the top of the forward ranks between Timmy Tarano... Cogs and Rosie. So I went with Rosie and Cogs, just I thought they were a little bit more interesting than Timmy Taranto. Stato, why don't you kick us off with uh, Cogs? Yeah, so this one's pretty simple for mine. Full-time in the guts. Cogs, it's an easy win here. So he's already averaged over 110 with two other seasons over 100, and now he'll be there full-time, not part-time. So there's really only been one season where he's been a full-time midfielder, and that's when he went the 110 average. In his last full season in the guts, it was 15 tonnes, including scores of 152, 146 and 144. And a game where he scored 106 with 60% game time. Connor's best average is 88. That's last season. And in that year, he scored a 21 with 76% game time, a 48 with 81% game time, and even a full game in the guts for a 64. He gets tagged, Connor Rosie. He is a good player. He does have a ceiling, but he will get tagged. Cogs don't. Uh, Unfortunately for Cogs, the, 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 the cap has come in. So, Rosie, Stato did make a good point. He started off pretty slow last year. Uh, did average 103.5 once that midfield move was made in about round five or six. Uh, perfect inside-outside uh, goal-kicking midfielder. Ascending player, not like old cheese balls cogs up there in... Uh, well, I don't even know where their home ground is. It's all over the shop, apparently. Um, <laughs> the port system is very fantasy-friendly. You've got one of the greatest coaches of all time in Ken Hinckley. He understands the wants and needs of a fantasy coach. Very fantasy-friendly game. The other pro- the problem is, and I've seen this a lot, is everyone's tipping the Tom Green breakout. Uh, Josh Kelly's going to be great. Stevie Coggs, once he went into the midfield, was unbelievable. While Pipes Kingsley's coming in, bringing over that Richmond system, which hasn't exactly been fantasy-friendly, especially for... Midfielders. Uh, we've seen once Colin, Craig McRae went over to Collingwood, highest average there for fantasy was 95. Richmond, there was only one average over 90 this year. Uh, in fact, the inside mids have even been worse because uh, Jaden Short was the one with averaged over 90. In 2021, their highest averaging midfielder had an 81. 81 for the highest midfielder. In 2020, it was 93. That's adjusted people. In, 19, in 2019, you did get the 100. That's with old, reliable Dion Prestia. The year before that, it was a 91. This is a system that caps midfielders. Now, if you're expecting... Can Tom we go Aaron, back one more year? What did, um, what did Dusty uh, average that year he won the Brownlow? Well, I, 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 I don't go back more than five years. The game changes <laughs> at such a rapid pace, Stato. That's just, right. You're right. It's just a rapid pace. If you want to talk prime Dustin Martin versus uh, 30-year-old Steve Canelio, we can yes. do that. 
Um, and you're also expecting the Tom Green breakout. We know what he did in the first half of the year. And, and of course, Josh Kelly's just brilliant. And you've been talking Callan Ward up all, all off-season, Stato. So oh, absolutely. There's only so many mouths to feed. I just think the system completely limits what Stevie Cornelio can do and Connor Rose, they're just an ascending talent. Yeah, uh, I just I prefer to um, put my cash into someone that actually has shown it before rather than pumps out a, a nice little 20 score. How many games did um, Cogs play the year before? I'm pretty sure. I don't need to look in the data, but I'm pretty sure it would have been 22. Five. Five. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only a smidgen off. Just a bit. Just a but bit. if I think... you add the season season before, it is 22. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> I think they're really two good players to talk about at the top of the draft. Though. I'm, I'm, oh, yeah. yeah. I, it, the, the interesting one for him... And um, you go on drafts and you go on the salary cap. Cogs will be first. So I think the way the numbers would predict that the Cogs would average more. Um, what we don't know is whether Rosie actually ends up being a full-time mid. So you, you lose a bit of class out of that sort of um, forward line. Um, and with Cogs, you, you're right. You don't know what system they're going to play. And we're only guessing. Just because Pipes comes from Richmond doesn't mean he doesn't have uh, different thoughts about the game. Mm. I, and look, at the end of the day, I think they're two really good picks. They're, they'll be both value F1s. I think it's a really but, good one to talk about, though, just because I, I've seen these things over the preseason. Like, I got Timmy Tirano quite high, and people saying, oh, he won't score well because he's at Richmond, but yet everyone's Cogs is fine, Tom Green's fucking monster yeah. to be a top 24. I'm just like, man, what? am I missing something? No, nah, look, I think they're both going to be good. Yeah. I think they're Jets. So, uh, and, and look, this is just salary cap, but I'll, I'll go to Cogs. Um, so we're talking 35% owned, um, and we'll go... and. Uh, Rosie is much cheaper, so this is going to be um, an interesting call-out. Um, he's 41% owned, um, but we're talking, what is it, about a hundred grand? Yeah, $100,000 the difference. So being so close in ownership and a 100000 different, you think the people are saying cogs. So, wait, who's cheaper? Rosie would be cheaper, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, of course. Didn't you say he was forty-one percent owned? Yeah, yeah, because he's cheaper. Oh, okay, right. So, so, and and I'll go to your ranks um, if you don't mind. Yeah, Steve. Yeah. So we'll just we'll just go to your ranks. Geez, you, you said that to. Um, I haven't put my to, ranks in though yet. Oh, okay. So let's go. Let's go to Cam because look, he knows more than the rest of us. Um. Uh, no, we won't go. Cam, Cam's gone rosy ahead. Oh, wait, that's bad. I, I've gone two. Yeah, it is bad. I've gone two over five, so Cogs ahead. Jono's gone Cogs at three and, and Rosie at six. So I think when we're... And what I actually do to, to help it across, I go everyone's view and give them a, a, a ranking and rating. Um, Cogs is going to be slightly ahead of Rosie. Unless you put him at one and Cogs outside the top ten. I actually put 
Uh, so oh, I've got my ranks here. I've got Rosie at three and Cogs at four. I actually do have that one. Oh wow! There you go. So so yeah, it's going to be um, it's going to be quite close, you would think. But I think Cogs um, through Jono and me both having in the top three. Um, I, I think that just going to get him across the line just ahead. So it's a close one. Yeah, they'll be the same tier, absolutely, on draft day. Anyway, we'll move on. Jono, we're going to argue about Tim English and the pride of Portland, Rowan Marshall. Why don't you kick us off? Oh, well, first things first is Tim English. He's got no competition for other ruckmen at the club. I mean, it's him and Rory Lobb. Like, please, come on. We know Rory Lobb's only there as a fill-in for when... English needs a rest, and he'll just go down forward, clunk a few marks, kick a bag of five or six, average about 140 super coach points and 120 AFL fantasy. That's that's maybe. Whereas old Romarsh, he's got Tom Campbell, some guy named Hayes there. Uh, they've got about six ruckmen on the list that he's competing with um, down there at St Kilda. And with an interesting fact, when Romarsh is solo ruck, St Kilda only win 39% of the games. So if you're not winning games of football, it means you don't have the ball. You're getting scored heavily against. Therefore, mm, your fantasy output. I love is getting not... scored heavily against. <laughs> the, fan, the fantasy output output is not there. So, look, they're both going to be first and second rucks in our draft. So it's going to be close. But you know, Ross Lyons, a loose cannon. He likes to play a two ruck system. Um, sorry, whereas... sorry, hold on. Sorry, I shouldn't be giving you ammunition, Steve, but you're saying Ross Lyon is a loose cannon. And oh, you, I haven't fi- Yeah, but you're interrupting me. I haven't finished. I'll just let him hang himself. Yeah. <laughs> He's a loose cannon, but Bevo is a person who <laughs> despises rucks. So, but he has to play He has to play one. If, if Bevo didn't have to play rucks, he wouldn't play one. Put it that way. So he's got English, who's... A hybrid. He's not really a pure ruck. He's, you know, midfielder, ruckman, and lob. Well, he's Rory Lobb. Tim English, he gets more possessions around the ground, doesn't rely. He look, gets more possessions, more hit outs, more everything. If you have a look at the stats, Tim English wins every statistical category pretty much, hands down. Hands down. The only thing that he doesn't win is things like free kicks against. That hurts your, uh, sound, yeah, your fantasy scoring. And that's about it. He wins everything. And Stato, if you want to bring salary cap into it, Tim English is, is averaging more than Rowan Marshall, and he's about a 100 grand cheaper in both formats, Tim English. So bang for your buck. Rowan Marsh gets injured every now and again. Um, St Kilda, are they going to be a good team? Are they going to be fantasy relevant? I have questions, especially with Big Kingy out. You know, they need a tall forward. Roma could be deep forward, and I don't want any part of that. Yeah, you know who else is out, Jono? A- any viable who? ruckman. So you can talk <laughs> about your Tom Campbell, who can't walk, never played double-digit games in a season. You talk about Hayes coming back off an ACL, who's nowhere near ready. Uh, you know one stat that Romarsh does does win in? is any time he gets over 60% of the CBAs, he averages 114 AFL fantasy points. Yeah which you cannot deny that ceiling. You want to talk about missed games? You know who's missed more games in the last three seasons? English or Roma? Oh, I know that answer. That's why I didn't put it in. Yeah, it's English, isn't it? That's <laughs> why I didn't put it in. <laughs> talk about ceiling. 163 to 138, Roma. 
has carried mm. the, the ruck load over a whole season before. That's four years ago. He's had four more years of pre-seasons put into him. Talk about your win percentage. That's with Paddy Ryder. That's not even an option anymore. So uh, he's absolutely locked into the number one role. They're already talking about it. Getting, getting fluff pieces on the news. I like getting fluffed. It really gets me, yeah. gets me going into my draft. You do the fluffing or get fluffed? Oh, a bit of, bit of column A, a bit of column B. Depends what happens at Shed 16. That day. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, you're the local, mate. You, you tell me. <laughs> uh, English has obviously got a genuine ruck forward this year to, to give him a spell, keep that body from breaking down like it does every other minute. So, uh, Rory. Well, that, it's not the body that breaks down. It's, I don't know how, but he gets concussed. He's like 212 centimetres, yet he's getting knocked in the head. Plays out of control. <laughs> That's all I heard. Just can't control <laughs> Like a baby giraffe trying to stand up. And and the Bevo factor. Who knows what he's going to do? Who knows, Jono? You yeah. don't know. I don't know. He doesn't know. It's all over the shop. And you so. think Ross Lyons, you know, as sane as Bevo or less insane? I think, yes, I do, actually. <laughs> I mean, he went back to St Kilda, so maybe not. But exactly. He, not, he needs that pay packet. It's it's all about upside. Romarsh, even when he plays forward, he can knock out tons, and he did it last year. But uh, this, this man is just primed for a full year in the ruck. I'm all aboard. Uh, well, I think, it's, like I said, it's, they're both tier one rucks. So uh, whoever you get, I think you're going to be happy with either way, aren't you? Yeah, probably. Probably. I mean, I won't be drafting either of them, but... <laughs> Where do you think Wits goes in Supercoach compared to these two? Uh, I think with recency bias, I think that's going to play a big factor. Um, anywhere like around four to seven, maybe? I, I mean, does, is Wits the R1 over these two in Supercoach? Oh, quite possibly. Yeah. Quite possibly. I mean, but he did he did do it with massive amounts of hit-outs, Wits. So. Yeah. Something that Tim and Luke doesn't rely on. Yeah. Well, neither's Marshall. That's true. Yeah. Um, all right. We'll move on. Stato, why don't you kick us off? You're going to talk about Nick Dacos versus Hayden Young. Oh, God, this one's easy. I mean, I could just do a sound effect. Ah, ah, ah. That's all I need to do because one is the number one um, user of the footy in their defence. The other is sharing with 15 other blokes that all want a slice of the pie. Nick Dacos is Nick Dacos, the first, the best ever first-year player. Um, and he always wants the pill. I mean, there is vision of him, I think, in his second game that just demanded the footy off Scott Penelbury. Just running by. Hands off. Here we go. Now, don't because get me he's a he's a whore that just wants to look oh, good on TV. That's absolutely. all he wants to do. And spot You're on. A whore. No. They'll, they'll, As I called you a slut before, mate. I that. called you a slut before. I love whores. <laughs> Sorry, that didn't come out right. Um, but I love, <laughs> I love Hayden Young. Um, but he plays his role. He's a great user of the footy, there's no doubt. But he's got Clark. He's got Ryan. Um, he's got probably another two or three other players that are just absolutely sensational down there. Now, there's no doubt that he's going to get some kick-ins, Hayden Young, but his ceiling is a real concern. 
And the big difference here is the ceiling of Nick in his first season. 147, 126, and in his first season, another seven tonnes. So we're talking nine tonnes in his first season. Hayden Young, three tonnes for his whole career. That's three seasons, three tonnes. Nick Dacos, yep, I'm going to say it. He's a fucking gun. Wow. That's it? Are we time poor here? No, no, no. Okay. (laughs) Well, when you look at it, you you, you hit the nail on the head there, Stato. You're right. Hayden Young does take some kick-ins. He was third behind uh, Brennan Cox. And what does Brennan Cox like to do? He gets injured. So there's some uptick there if he does get the kick-ins. Beautiful. Does Dacos take the main majority of kick-ins? No, he sits about third or fourth on that list. He still has a higher ceiling. It's amazing. Well... That's okay. But 147, 127. But you know, you look at someone like a Tom Stewart and a, and a James Sicily. What do they do? They like to kick that ball. At the moment, Hayden Young likes to handball it. That's not good for our fantasy scores. So if we can get Hayden Young kicking it, you know, 18 times a game instead of just the 12 or 13 times a game, and instead of handballing it 13 times a game, there's plenty of fantasy points there. So that what does that do, Stato? That increases that ceiling. Bang, right there. Who does Hayden Young play for? He plays for Fremantle. They're the fifth high. Are they? They're fifth for AFL fantasy points. They can keep going up to number one. Collingwood. They're not a fantasy friendly team. Now, one forty seven, one twenty six, and not a shut up, Stanley. Seven other tons. <laughs> you're talking about Nick Dacos remaining as a half back. They don't want him in the half back. They want him in the midfield. And what's that going to do? That's going to hurt his scoring. One fifty seven. One thirty. Was that playing in the mid? Was that playing in the midfield? No, that's playing off the hard back where he's being a whore. When you, if you got to, what do whores do? I know they like to work, but guess what? He's got to work real hard. Where's he, he going, Steve? I have no idea. He has to work real hard for that score to get that in the midfield. What's going so on? So he's not getting those big one fifties you're talking about if he goes in the midfield because he's got a lot of. There's a lot of mouths to feed there. So yeah, you're, you, young, you're right. He's everyone. not going to get the 150. It's just the 147, the 126, and the seven other tons. But he didn't do that if they put him in the midfield. He did that as a half-back flanker. Hayden, Hayden be Young's been handballing himself to three tons for his whole career. But they'll look to him as the main distributor. Same like Sicily, just kick it out for the half-back. More kicks, more fantasy points. Not even close. I think Dacos is capped. He is capped with that score at that. I, I just need to go to the 22 under 22 because I'll just have a look at the ratio of um, tonnes per game. So let's have a look at Nick Dacos. Uh, three. Three games for every tonne. Um, let's find... Oh, where is he? Where is he? Keep going down the list. Keep going down the list. Oh, yeah, 11. 11 games for each tonne. Sorry, I had to go missed, down the list. I'm a guy who way. missed all the... Majority of last year, all of last year as well. So with he's just with injury. Yeah, yeah, he's just making up time. That's okay. With injury, just yeah. making up time. <clears throat> you yeah. Won. Oh wow! Three out of three. Jesus. He fucking didn't win the Cogs, you moron. <laughs> <laughs> I find Hayden Young really tough because I reckon he has got the upside. If he gets yeah. the kick ins, it's good times. And he led that team for intercepts. Oh, I. The only issue I really, I really like Hayden Young, 
but he's he's I'm not chasing him because he has Luke Ryan, he has Clark, he has yeah. uh, Chapman. That you know they're all fighting for the for the same pill, and and he's not um, he's not the one. Um, he hasn't got that seagull mentality. He doesn't need to always find the I next think one. He, I think he actually does. Like, there was a few games where he got 30-odd-plus possessions, and he was just like the old Cochin 1-2, just get a handball, handball, it, it de- and then kick. It depends on the game where Dacos mm. is just all over at every game. That, that's the difference between the two. Where, where that's why have, I did the seagull. Where do you have Dacos ranked, though? Um, it's a really good question. Um, do you know the answer? No. <laughs> you loading? No, me. I don't. No, no, I'm not. I don't know. I don't have it for me. I should have made sure I changed the ranks in case there was uh, um, a disappearing. Act. Oh, there you go. Dacos nine, Young ten. Yeah. Okay. I have Dacos at eight and Young at eleven. Yeah. They're pretty tight. They are. It is pretty tight. Yeah. Fair question. All right. Moving on. What do we have next? It is. Stato, the man who's just panned a deal to stay at your my now Gold Coast Suns, Noah Anderson against a cheap alcoholic beverage, LDU. Okay, so I'll start. Um, Anderson is so good, he's been named twice in the ranks. So he's twice as good as any other player. Enough said. What? Wrong Anderson. Ah! <laughs> Wrong Anderson. Okay, so we'll go with the other. Sorry, I had to get a sight gag. All right, the real number one. He's the real number one pick. Fantasy star and has the inside and outside game. He doesn't need to take 12 years to build up to be relevant. So he's heading into his fourth season. Um, and number two on Stato's 22 under 22 his rise is clear. Year one, 17 games, 59 average. Year two, 20 games, 81 average. A 22-point increase. Year three, 21 games, 98 average. That's a 17-point increase. So working on that theory, we can expect the games are going up, the points are going up, and if we scale it, we should expect a 12-point increase. Taking him to a 110 and also being a top eight midfielder. Nine tonnes in three seasons. 112, 118, 113, 106, 116, 141, 109, 104 and 114. Noting most of these scores are against contending teams. So he lifts for the occasion and only two scores below 75. LDU, five seasons... Five seasons, five scores under 75 last year, and now the main tag target. So this is his sixth year, and his averages read. So remember how good Noah Anderson was. He averaged 40, 53, 56 in his first three years. He ain't no Anderson. He ain't Jed. His career average is actually below Jed's, which, of course, is well below Noah. Enough said. Yeah, progression's always linear. That's um, the nice thing about progression. Um, LDU was a slow burn. 
was a slow burn from round nine on when the penny dropped, 103 average. And once that old bag of dicks, David Noble, was out, 109. <laughs> 109. Now they've got noted legendary coach in Alistair Clarkson, one of the all-time greats. If anyone's going to further develop this player into one of the modern fantasy greats, it's him. Uh, North dropped off 15 marks per game as a team. If anyone's going to bring it back, it's one of the old-school kick-mark coaches like you'll see in Alistair Clarkson. Bit of downside coming for old Noah, I feel, though. Uh, he was the second-highest kicks per game midfielder. There's only one way from that, and that is down. Can't keep kicking the ball all the time, so lose a few points there. Doesn't get any tackles. Doesn't get any tackles, and how could you when you're with noted tackling gurus Took Miller and Matt Rowell, the amazing work rate. Obviously, Matt Rowell's only got one way to go from his piss-poor average on the outside, and that is up. He's going to start sucking the ball away from Noah Anderson. Uh, you want to talk tag targets? My God, Noah Anderson, the match-winning goal-kicking after the siren player himself. He is the tag target. Obviously, you can't ta- tag Matt Rowell or Took Miller. The work rates are just phenomenal. LDU, he's got uh, Horn Francis is out. Cunnington, unfit. Simkin can't win it on the outside. Now Tyron Thomas moving to the back line, and I expect him to take revenge porn on his terrible season from the year before uh, and just be kicking the ball to, passing the ball to LDU as he streams forward and just continues to build that massive ceiling. One of the premier inside-outside players going forward for fantasy football. So let's look at the ranks, which is uh, in our draft kit, which is available. You don't have today. my ranks. Um, <laughs> no, no, that's all right. The other three do. Um so uh, mine, Noah Anderson, ahead of LDU by four positions. Jono, uh, Noah Anderson, ahead of LDU by one position. And the kiss of death, uh, Cam, has LDU ahead of Noah Anderson by one position. So um, you're siding with Cam. Um, I'm siding with uh, very intelligent people. But you said LDU's the tag target. Simkin got tagged a hell of a lot more than LDU last year, my friend. I, I think, um, and this goes to Steve's point, he ended up showing to be the standout at the end of last year. So that's where the target oh, Him and Simkin were pretty good. Oh, Simkin, I, Simkin I, kicks I actually, it to the other team too much. That's the problem. Yeah, correct. Um, L, LDU's actually, I, I think, the more dynamic player. So I think that's where it sort of pitches itself is that he becomes the main tag target. But mind you, I think Anderson's got some claims too to, to get some attention. I would expect him to. Yeah. And then Flanders can run Wyatt, right? Yeah, oh, <laughs> and, and that's the point. It should be LDU plus Anderson versus Flanders. Flanders <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do we got next? We got, that's the last one, me and you, Jono. Bont and McRae for super coach. Bit of Murdoch ball talk. Murdoch ball. Love it. Love it. Do you want to go Jacko or go first? Yeah, fine. Um, So McRae, he's actually averaged 120 super coach over 124 straight years. Obviously, that dipped back to just a paltry 115 last year. And the mid-time dipped 13%. Obviously, uh, Dunkley's out, so we can reclaim those tackles and, and possessions that he lost. Uh, Trelaw's already injured. Smith's been limited over the preseason. If anyone's going to win outside ball, we all know it's going to be Jack McRae, not 
old uh, feet in the feet in the mud bont. Uh, hasn't missed a game in four years, unlike injury-prone Bontempelli, Jono, who missed that one game last year. Makes him very injury-prone, doesn't it? Does. it? <laughs> it does. Bont, who's never averaged over 120 supercoach. You want to talk about tag targets. It's absolutely the Bont. Uh, and here's the, here's the wrinkle. Here's the wrinkle, Jono. Uh, we know supercoach has all these fake Fake items built into the game. I can't just. Are you reading my notes here? <laughs> so, Bont, career highs in score involvements, most shots on goal, five years, all these little SC things, most contested marks, highest disposal efficiency, least clangers in five years, all these little wrinkles that are at career highs for Bont. They can only go one way. They can only go one way, and that is back down. So uh, you're picking you, and choosing stuff there, like you forget that you know he is the main center clearance guy. Like he's the one running out of the center, kicking it to those star-studded. Sorry, who's talking? Here? Who's talking? Me. Who's talking? Me. Who was the who was the highest CBA player last year for the Bulldogs? Uh, Dunkley. Last year it was McRae. McRae's the one who's got the time to reclaim. He's the one who's got all the all the nous to spread around the ground, not like old can't run Bond. So uh, when, when it comes to fantasy footy, it's all about Jack McRae bouncing back to be that 120 player, whereas Bont, I can only see it heading down. Honestly, people. So you just you just said it there yourself, Steve, that McRae was the number one CBA tender for the Bulldogs. Two years Which ago, not, only... not this year. Not this not year, this he dropped 13%, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but he only had 6%. See, that's the thing. Jacko has 6% more CBAs. Bond average one more in Supercoach. Just one more. I know Jack gets all the possessions on the outside, but, you know, talk of him playing that wing where he sooks up like a little bitch or playing a little half-forward role. There's no talk of Jack- that. He's been training that as a half-forward. All right, for five seconds. The rest of the time, he's just uh, racking up pill. At this is Luke This is Luke Beveridge we're talking about here. Luke Beveridge. Fucking going to put him... Hey, we had Jack McRae as a forward uh, eligible one year, if we all remember that from a guy who's kicked two goals in his whole bloody career. Yes, as you said, Dunks is out, so that means CBA's up for Bontempelli. Uh, he gets that mid-time back. He's the main centre clearance guy, so he's just streaming out of the centre. If you've seen him, he's, he's Pendlebury-esque, just dances through the time and space, gets to 50, has a shot on goal, you know, all these fandangled Murdoch ball scoring things like long kicks outside 50 scoring goals. That's like 700 points. Now, this is Bontempelli. He's a guy. He had 10 clangers in a match. 10 clangers. What do you think his fantasy score was? Like three, four? No. He scored over a ton with 10 clangers. No one can do that because the super coach gods bestowed power upon him. Like Nick Nat. Nick Nat could have two possessions to still score a ton. That's the same with Bontempelli. He just has to fart... Farter possession, and he's got a ton. <laughs> so we know, you know, Bevo likes to swing McRae around, and we, we we saw it last year when he went on the outside. His average dipped, and he was only pumping out 80s and 90s, not that sea-going way. So, yes, the rise of Baz Lanker is coming up. He'll get that inside mid-time, whereas McRae, he gets pushed to the wings, but the one constant is Marcus Bontepelli in the middle, where he can rest forward, take a take a contested mark, which is good points for Supercoach, Shot, kick, goal kicking accuracy, yeah, a little nat five, but 
That's okay. He can he can improve that. So Tim English he can't. Just he can't. That's the thing. He was at career highs <laughs> for shots on, for goal kicking. Well, he might have been a bit up for that. <laughs> but yeah, it's, look, this is the year with Dunkley out that Bond is going to go one twenty plus in Supercoach this year. Yeah, and he'll yeah, he'll, he'll never spend any time forward. What with. Bruce going on the back Jamari. line. Jamari well, doesn't Jamari. play a full... They need Bond well, forward. No, they don't. No, they don't. He'll rest there, but they don't need him forward. I've actually got Bond ranked uh, as my second mid in Supercoach. Just for... <laughs> Sorry. Just for... Position, position. Hey? In, like, position as second mid overall. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think I had Bond, like, eight or nine, and McRae... Similar, like six, seven. I got McCray at five. Tough. Yeah, I'm massive on Bond this year. I just had to argue it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, McCray Bond. It's you're splitting hairs. I think this year. Oh, one thing I do love about this pod is we just come on here and talk shit for an hour. Yep. It's just like the group chat, but yeah. everyone gets to listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, on to the Twitter questions, because there's about eight there's questions. Or, or I shouldn't say, there's head-to-heads that we obviously didn't get to. We tried to pick the most uh, relevant ones for the people, uh, but there's about eight million. So we'll, we'll get through. Some people just didn't understand. I don't want a triple threat argument. We can't. That'll just turn into a, a yeah, shed, 16, shed 16 situation. All right, Frio, <laughs> the draft kit versus the mock simulator. Draft kit. Yeah, draft kit. Draft kit. Uh, Coxie, Flanders versus Dunkley. Oh, Flanders. I'll take Dunkley. Uh, Dio's Unicorns asked a salary cap question. Um, Oogie Boogie, Jed Anderson or Jed Anderson? Ooh, that's a hard call. Did you know at the end of the year, uh, Jed Anderson's not even going to be the superior Jed at the Gold Coast? There's another (laughs) Jed there? Absolutely. Well, at the end of the year, there will be. Uh, Daniel Bird, he's got Nank versus McInerney. See, three, three, come on. Nank versus, you can just wait for the ranks. There's too many people to get through. Doing three at once, my God. Nick, uh, Lipinski versus Toby Green. God, that easy. TFG. TFG. Really? I got Lipinski. No, I think I got Lipinski higher than TFG. TFG. Uh, Salem versus Yo. Yo. Actually, I think I meant to do Salem versus Yo. That was pretty popular too. Uh, short um, versus. I'll, I'll go. I'll go Salem because I'm. More... I saw a photo of from Melbourne on Twitter, and Salem was like trying to do a chin up. Didn't look good. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't look good. I, I, I will say um, I've got more confidence that his body will take him through a season. Uh, and Short versus Hewitt versus Cam Guthrie. I reckon I've got Cam Guthrie. Guthrie. Yeah. Short. I can see some regression maybe for Hewitt. Not a lot, but some. Uh, yeah. Patch. Patch has got Tim Tarano versus Connor Rose. Well, we all know who. Oh, Taranto. Taranto. Yeah, I've got Taranto. Yep. Uh, category B, Dustin Martin versus Errol Goulden. Oh, Errol Goulden. Yeah, Goulden. I got Errol. Uh, Dotty Ballarat versus Ararat. Well, well, there's only one superior rat. That's right. That's right. Uh, Matty Faz, Ben Cunnington versus Taran. 
Ooh. Taron? I'd roll the dice on Taron. Yeah, I'll probably punt on Taz. I got Cunnington higher. I can't believe there hasn't been more blowback for <laughs> Thomas. It's pretty bad. We're all we're always back in the shit, aren't we? Oh, if he's off half back, that could be pretty lush. Mm. Yeah, Russ, uh, Robottom versus Chad Warner. Warner, Robottom. LDU and Noah. Well, we did that one. Carla, Brad Hill versus James Eight. Come on, that can't be real. That one's got position. Ace is just mid only. Is he really? Yep. Yep. Yeah, well, that ends that. Uh, and Norton versus Lob. Ugh. Oh, Norton. Probably naughty. Yeah, I'd probably take Norton. He's okay in Supercoach. Mm, both are okay in Supercoach. Uh, Johnny had a four-way one, which I'm not going to get into. Uh, Tim. <laughs> Took versus Jack. Shut up, Jack. Shut up, Stato. You sound like Muttley over there. <laughs> um, a steel. Is that Jack Steel? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I, I, I think Steel. Yeah. Took. Right. Yeah, don't. Aren't you guys both talking a bit of regression from Gold Coast? What's what's I'm the theory on that? Increase. I've got Steel and Took back to back. Steel just ahead. Yeah, I think I've got him back to back, but I can't remember. I've got Took ahead of Steel. Regression for Gold Coast. No, that's what you've been sort of hinting at for um, a few weeks. What do you mean? Not, not, not the team. I mean the fantasy scoring. Took's pretty. Took's pretty within my within my model as being sustainable. Okay. I think yeah. the tackles are pretty high though. That's the only thing. But Rowley, sh- Matt Rowley's tough. He should come back in tackles, but he should be better on the outside. Yeah. Uh, coaches panel, James Warple versus the inanimate Carbon Rod. Carbon Rod. Carbon Rod. <laughs> Fork to oh, I, th- I actually think Warple's back to 85 to 90. Yep, fair enough. Mm. Uh, Fork Talk, he's got Warner, Sarong, we did that. Simkin versus LDU. <sighs> Probably LDU. Just. Was, was Simkin injured? At any stage last year, because he uh, didn't progress like we expected. I think he missed one or two with like a virus or something, and then he got tagged into dust in a few games. A virus. Yes, like he was out sick. Like they just said, you know, sick. I think he might have been one of those guys we expected to progress, but maybe he just doesn't have that gear. Because mm. there was no one there the year before, really. Anyway, Frio, Gorn versus Darcy. Gorn. Yeah, probably the same. Ninja, Bont versus McCrane. Well, we did that one, so there you go. Uh, Frio, Took versus Steel. Oh, we just did that. Oh, we could have done that one. Uh, Carl, Supercoach, Laird or Oliver at pick one? Oliver. Yeah, I'm an Oliver. I've got... I got Laird at three for Supercoach, so yeah, Oliver. Hayden Young, Dacos, Matt, Laddams versus Hickey, Battle of the Titans. Hickey? Because Laddams probably won't buy. God, it's 
tough, isn't it? You you got to think Hickey starts as one. It's just whether his body stays together. Uh, SV7, Mills versus Laird. Ooh. Probably go with Laird. Yeah, Laird because of question mark on Mills' role. Mm. Russ, Cam versus Doss. 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 No, that's unfair. <laughs> that's harsh. That's, yeah. that's very harsh. That was, that was just on jump point. Pods. That's, that's just draft doctor's trend. How uh, come Cam's been the butt of our jokes? How did that actually Doss end left. up working out? Doss left, and he was the last, so, last yeah, one was in. The one. He just replaced. So you're coming on, and your role in the cast is this. Yeah. Uh, Don, uh, Merritt versus Parrish. Hmm. Oh, Merritt. I'm, I'm yeah. always Merritt over Parrish. Yeah, I've got Merritt much higher than Parrish. Uh, Jake the Mac. This, these feel salary cappy to me. He's got Warple versus Sheed 16. I'd like the Sheed 16, though. Yeah. <laughs> In AFL Fantasy. Um, yeah, Sheed. Just. Uh, and he also asked Ben King versus Oscar Allen in Murdoch Ball. Oscar Allen. Oh, wow. I wouldn't roster either of them. Wouldn't roster for salary cap, no, but late draft, I'd take. I'd take oh, off. fuck, what? Get out of here. You know I'm an Oscar fan. Yeah, it's true. Bundy and no, Co. But, but, but Oscar would be all right if he did get that. 40% ruck time, mm. because there is a difference. You know, We know that forward rucks don't really work, but when you're supporting Nick Natanui, who doesn't get a lot of game time, it does. Mm. Bundy and Coke, Harry Perryman versus George Hewitt. Uh, just because of the potential upside, I will lean towards Perryman. Everyone's going well on the pipes. Yeah. Matt. I'll take George. Butters versus Rosie. I'm a Rosie fan, um, although I acknowledge the way he plays, it puts him at risk of injury. But I actually think he's got the potential higher ceiling. Warner Brothers, English versus Romarsh. We did that one. Fantasy Footy League, Yo versus Salem. Yeah, we already said oh, we that. Oh, we said that. Uh, yeah. Paddy Doherty versus Tom Stewart. Doc. Doc. Johnny S. Baz versus Jelly versus... Oh, another one of these. Baz versus... So, Bailey Smith versus Josh Kelly versus Bont versus Darcy Parrish. Oh, for fuck's sake. Bont. Um, who was the first one? Bailey Smith. Bont. Mm. They're all good. Mini Monk. Oh, sorry. He also had Crisp versus Warner versus Sarong. You guys are different on Warner and Sarong. Do you have Crisp in front of them? Uh, I don't think I've got Crisp ahead of them, no. I think Crisp and Sarong would be close for me. Yeah, probably the same. I got Chris way behind the other two. Yeah. Dacos and Young, Joel, Perryman and Green. Tom Green. Tom Green. Tom Green. 
Fantasy fanatics. Another triple. Fantasy fanatics. Bailey Smith versus McRae versus Bont. Bont. In AFL Fantasy. McRae. Oh, AFL Fantasy, was it? Oh. McRae yeah, in Fantasy. Yeah. Do you have Smith in front of Bont? No. No. You don't? No. Oh, I see okay. upside there for Smith, but I think I've got Smith and Bont closer than McCrane. <laughs> yeah, Potential's to... there, of course. Uh, out of the three at the Bulldogs, it could go, the order could be anyway. I don't see I'll just Bont. go with the one that's got proven the most, which is McCrane in fantasy. I don't see Bont beating him if the other two are fit. Yeah. Uh, Alex, coming versus Houston. Coming. Houston. I don't know who I've got. I'm a bit worried about coming. <laughs> I've never. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. You weren't the one dressing two kids this morning, mate. It's fucking tough. Yeah. Fucking them streets. Uh, uh, Matt, Carlton's Tom Papley versus Sydney's Tom Papley. <laughs> That's brilliant. I'll go Sydney's. I'm going Carlton because they're, you know, going up the ladder where Sydney just got pumped in the grand final. So. I can't see Carlton's Tom Papley getting the same mid-time as Sydney's Tom Papley. I reckon no, that'd be the difference. But that forward pressure would be elite, you know, and he's crumbling off the two best forwards in Kerno and McKay, so... Mm. Yeah. Nuffington Forest, McRae versus Bailey Smith. We've all got McRae. McRae. And Dangerfield's Real Adventures, Meek versus Reeves. I'm all in on Meek. I have no idea what's going on. It's, it's the emoji with the hands out. Lynch. <laughs> Lynch. Lynch. <laughs> Just the glass shatters and in comes Lynch running down the run. Well, I think the thing to, to be worried about is, first up, you're probably not going to be able to roster anyone because um, Mitch Lewis is injured. So they'll have to play two rucks, you would have thought. Yeah, and 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 Mitchell's already come out and said they're going to be they're trialing all three, even in season they're going to be still finding out what works best for them. So you you effectively, if you go that club, you're triple triple handcuffing. I, I just wouldn't touch it's it. It's definitely a three way. I mean, Meek's numbers in the waffle were pretty good, so I, I think he's the better ruckman. You wouldn't touch a three way. Depends on what the action is. Anyway, the Royal Rumble's on later, Jono. Um, so yeah, I've got people coming soon, so I need to <laughs> wrap this shit up. All right. <laughs> yep. Thanks for listening. Buy the draft kit and uh, the mock simulator. What do you reckon, Jono? End of the week? Something, yep. something like that. Good, good. Yeah, we'll have a crack yep. at it anyway. Have fun. Um, heaps of information. Um, the uh, the actual players a uh, fair bit more detail this year. Um, I'm really impressed with what Cam and the whole team have done. So uh, get into the draft kit, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Draft Doctors Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and review.